Thank you for listening to another inspiring message from the Movement Church. To find out more about the Movement Church, you can check out our website at theocmovement.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The OC Movement. Welcome to the Movement Church this morning. I'm so excited that you are here. This is part two of our series, Shouts. And if you missed part one, can I challenge you to make sure you go back and listen to the podcast because Pastor Kerry preached an incredible message last week about pain. And today I get to come to you and bring you part two. And I just thought I'd start out with a little bit of a story. You know, Pastor Kerry and I have been married for almost 15 years. And uh, we dated for four years before that. We were high school sweethearts. And um, I just thought you should all know that Pastor Kerry fake proposed to me four times before the real thing. For real. Like, no lie, got down on one knee grabbed my hands and said, babe, would you go to dinner with me? And after a few punches and dramatic words and lots of tears, we continued to move on. I mean, one time he actually pulled the car over to the side of the road, jumped out of the car, came around the backside, threw open my car door, got down on one knee and said, babe, I wasn't going to do this yet, but you forced my hand. Let's go to dinner tonight. And I slammed the car door in his face. But, but he really did that, y'all, four times before the real deal. So when the real deal actually happened, my answer to his question, will you marry me, was actually this. Is this for real? (laughs) How romantic is that, right? And I probably should have made him work harder for that yes, but I was so excited that my dreams were finally becoming a reality that I jumped at the opportunity to marry that handsome man. You see, I had a plan. We've been dating since high school. And I had a plan. We were moving in the same direction. We both felt called to ministry. We knew we loved each other. We knew we wanted to do this great adventure together. So naturally, I made a plan. All my planners in the room say amen. Thank you. Naturally, I made a plan. And I informed Carrie of my plan. You see, I was going to finish college in four years. And at the end of four years, we would go ahead and make this thing official and get married. So a wedding in May would require a proposal in August. And it just so happened to be that my family was taking our yearly vacation to Destin, Florida, which happened to be the place that Pastor Carrie had told me that he wanted to spend the rest of his life with me. I was creating the perfect perfect scenario. The perfect scenario for him to throw my perfect plan out the window for a much better story, right? How many of you have ever been at a place where your experience did not match your expectation? You know, I think this might be the theme of my life. I'm an idealist at heart. I'm a big dreamer and I dream big dreams. And I like to think that I make pretty good plans, but I think God responds to my great plans and false attempts to control the dreams that he actually gave me in the first place, almost like getting down on one knee and going, psych. Now, before you start thinking that I'm comparing uh, God to my husband, although Carrie is great, uh, 
Jesus is greater. Love you, Lord. And uh, I know you think he was kind of cruel. I know you think Carrie may have been kind of cruel in his approach. But the truth is, all of those fake proposals were actually him saying to me, come on, babe, trust me. Let me lead us on this great adventure. Quit trying to control the timing and enjoy the journey. And don't you think that's just a little bit like God's love for us? Come on, let me lead us on this great adventure. Quit trying to control the timing and just enjoy the journey. Proverbs 16, 9 says this, the heart of a man plans his way, but the Lord determines his steps. And I think so many of us in this room have gotten very good at planning our own way. But the problem is we've tried to control our steps. And that wrestling match with God can be one of the most painful and the most challenging experiences. You see, often I think we sense that God is planting a dream in our heart. Maybe it's a dream for our future, for something we're supposed to accomplish. Maybe it's a dream for that spouse, that man or woman that we're going to spend the rest of our life with. Maybe it's a dream for a child. Maybe some of you in this room are still trying to explore the idea of God. So it hasn't even felt like a God dream, but maybe to you it's just pursuit of the American dream, right? 2.5 kids, nice car, nice house, great 401k, ready to go, right? All of us are guilty of making these extravagant plans. But I like to think that God's plans are a little bit more of an adventure, You know, if our plans make perfect sense to us, it removes our need for God. If we map out this perfect, well-played plan, where do we need God in that picture? You know, have any of you ever been to Disneyland? California Adventureland. Raise your hand if you've been to California Adventure. Some of you in this room are Christians and you've been to, I'm just teasing. Uh, Some of you in this room have been to Disneyland. Okay, at California Adventureland, there is a ride that is my daughter Avery's favorite ride. And every year since she was two, this has been her favorite ride at California Adventureland. And I think it's her favorite ride because it is the safest, most predictable, easiest ride to get on. The Little Mermaid ride. So when you go in to California Adventureland and you go in to get on the Little Mermaid ride, you step onto this moving uh, tram and you step into this beautiful seashell and you sit down in this comfortable seashell seat where the seashell comes all around you and encloses you. It's a form of protection and you just feel so safe and secure. And you begin to go through this journey as the story of the Little Mermaid perfectly unfolds in this circular pattern as we make our way through the details of the story, right? And though there are some scary points in the story, we know that they're coming because we know what to expect as we progress from scene to scene to scene. And I think that many of us are trying to create our lives in the same way. We make a perfect plan and we want our plan to flow seamlessly and we craft it out so that all the details will flow together and we have this perfect plan. But see, God's plan looks nothing like the Little Mermaid ride at California Adventureland. I think God's plan looks just a little bit more like Brooklyn's favorite ride, California Screaming. Anybody with me? When we go to get on California Screaming, and we sit down in the seats. The first thing that happens is we lower a harness around our bodies. 
it is going to be a wild ride, right? And it locks into place and the countdown begins. And on the count of three, you don't just start moving forward. You are shot forward and fast. Like you're flying into this ride and then you come to a halt and then you creep up a hill and all of a sudden the ride of your life begins, right? And this ride is full of climbs to the greatest heights where we're screaming with excitement and whipping around the curves. And it's filled with plunges to our death as we're screaming in fear, not knowing what's going to happen. And just when we think we've got the ride figured out, they go and throw in a loop and you go upside down and you get nauseous and sick and feel like you're not going to make it. And that ride goes zooming through the rest of the ride and screeches to a halt at the finish line. It has been a wild ride. And I think that's a little bit more like God's adventure that he has planned out for us. You know, when Pastor Carrie and I moved to California four years ago to plant the Movement Church, we, we came out here with this dream, with this desire that we believed God gave us to come and to start a church in South Orange County. And we came out with this great dream and great excitement and great plans. And our plans would look a little bit more like the Little Mermaid ride, where everything just functions perfectly. But the ride that we've been on so far has had the greatest highs screaming in excitement and the greatest lows plunging into fear. And it has had a few loops already that make you feel a little bit nauseous. But I wouldn't trade it for the world. If you haven't heard our story, you've got to come today to the Welcome to Church party right after this service because I'd love to tell you a little bit more about it. But that's how I think God is. I think his plans and his ways are so much different than our own. Isaiah 55, 8 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. You see, the problem you and I face, I think, is when I put my hope in my plans rather than in my God. And the danger I run when I do that is coming to a point where my experience doesn't match my expectation. And I think that many of us in this room can identify with that. You know, when our experience doesn't meet our expectation, we can be devastated. When our experience doesn't meet our expectation, it can be devastating. It's like a gut punch when everything you've been hoping for and praying for and believing for just doesn't seem to happen. Maybe you're in this room and you can identify with that feeling. Maybe the promotion you were praying for went to someone else. Or maybe the job you're counting on for retirement lets you go. It feels like a gut punch when everything we're counting on and praying for and believing for doesn't work out the way that we're expecting it to. Maybe you're in this room and your dreams for a husband or a wife have been met with many lonely nights. Maybe your prayers to have a child have been met with some questions and some fears and some unmet expectations. Maybe the position of leadership that you were dreaming of turns out to be a position of serving in the area of your greatest weakness. And you feel like you've been overlooked. Maybe your prayers of faith for a loved one battling cancer were met with a funeral rather than a miracle. Maybe you made huge sacrifices 
Maybe you've taken huge steps of faith that God called you to take, and the results are slow in the making. And it just seems like it might not work out. It seems like it just might not happen. And you're questioning your ability to hear God. When our experience doesn't match our expectation, it can be devastating. And the thing is, it can also make us angry. When our experience doesn't meet our expectation, we look for someone or something to blame. Every single one of us is guilty of that because we want to put the blame somewhere else. And some of you in this room might be putting the blame on yourself. Your experience may not have met your expectation and you've experienced failure and you are beating yourself up because you feel like it's your lack of ability to accomplish the things that are in front of you. And you feel like a failure and you're angry at yourself and blaming yourself and you feel like you just might not ever be able to measure up. Maybe you're in this room and you've been abandoned. Maybe your husband or your wife walked out the door and it's left you questioning your worth. Or maybe it's just left you really angry and bitter and not knowing how you're going to face tomorrow. Maybe you blame the leadership in your life. Maybe it's the teachers or the coaches or the pastors or the employers for not seeing the greatness inside of you and pride is trying to rear its ugly head. Maybe you find yourself blaming God. You see, when our experience doesn't meet our expectation and we've been praying and we've been believing, it's easy to get angry at God. Well, God, if you were a good God, why would you let these bad things happen? But you see, God is good and he does good, but the anger that we feel and the frustration we feel is real. Maybe you find yourself in that place today. Maybe you're in this room and you've made a well-crafted plan for your future. You've made a plan in your mind and it makes sense to you, but everyone else is not getting on board with your plan. And you want God and everybody else to get on board with your plan and you're angry. Maybe that's you today. You see, when our experience doesn't meet our expectation, we can get angry and look for someone or something to blame. You think, I think another sign of, of this kind of pain is grief. You see, grief is when we are looking back at having lost something, grieving the loss of something that we once had, or we grieve the loss of something we haven't yet attained. Maybe the loss of that relationship, the loss of a job, the dream of a child. Whatever it might be, grief is a cause of pain. And grief comes so heavy. Grief comes in so many different forms. Grief often comes, I like to relate it to rain. Because sometimes the rain clouds move in and it's dark and it's cloudy, but the rain falls softly in a mist and it just kind of throws your day off, slows down your commute, changes your attitude. Sometimes it falls softly, but sometimes rain comes in a thunderstorm with thunder and lightning as we lash out in anger towards the ones we love. Sometimes grief comes in a thunderstorm. And that pain is real. That anger is real. And so we've got to begin to know what do we do when we're feeling this loss, when we're feeling this grief, when we're feeling this pain. You see, when our experience doesn't match our expectation, 
we can easily become disillusioned. And I think this is such a scary place to be because this is a place where doubt sets in. This is a place where fear sets in. This is a place where vision becomes clouded and our perception of everyone and everything around us becomes jaded or cynical. And maybe you're in the room today and you find yourself in that place where you've just been hoping and praying for too long. And you haven't seen the answered prayers yet. And you haven't seen the thing you've been believing for yet. And you haven't, you're just hanging on for dear life and you just feel ready to throw in the towel. Our unmet expectations can often lead to disillusionment. Maybe you find yourself doubting the dream that God gave you for your life. And you're tempted to hit the brakes and reroute your journey. Maybe you find yourself in this room constantly critical of everybody else. Stop and think about it for a minute. What's your perception of other people? Are you constantly critical? Are you constantly judging? Are you constantly looking at what everybody else has and what you don't have yet? It could be that you're in a place of disillusionment and you've just stopped believing in the dream. Maybe you've simply just allowed hope to die. I don't know if you can relate. I don't know if you can identify this in your own life. But when our experience doesn't meet our expectation, there's a struggle that ensues. And we can easily become devastated, angry, or disillusioned. You know, I found myself in this place so many times in my life. I look back to when I was just a 21-year-old girl, just married to my wonderful husband. And we had just started in ministry, full-time ministry as youth pastors. And I remember where we were standing in the hallway of our church when our pastor came up. And he said something very particular that stuck with me. He said, your husband is going to do something great. He's going to be amazing. He's going to accomplish some great things for God. And I remember standing there thinking, yes, I agree, but what about me? You see, in that moment, I felt overlooked, and I felt unappreciated. And it began this spiral of me trying to prove who I was and what I could accomplish because I needed somebody to affirm that inside of me. I've been at that place of feeling angry, devastated, disillusioned. In 2004, my dad was diagnosed with a very rare form of cancer. Only 30 people in the entire world had ever had it. And we began to pray and believe for his healing because I believe in a God who still does miracles today. I believe in a God that it's our healer. And we started praying and believing for my dad to be healed. We were praying. Our whole church was praying. People around the world were praying. We were praying and believing and standing in faith for healing. And in 2007, I said goodbye to my dad as he left this life to go to eternity. And I felt devastated. I felt grief. My experience was not meeting my expectations. I don't know if you can relate. Maybe you haven't been in a place where you've lost a loved one, but maybe somebody's walked out the door on you. Maybe you've been at a place where all you were hoping for and dreaming about just hasn't worked out the way that you were planning it to. And it can put us in a place of feeling devastated, angry, and disillusioned. So what do we do about that? 
You know, just recently I found myself in this place kind of just having a moment with God. And I went down to one of my favorite spots because the beach is my happy place. And I went down to Dana Point Harbor where the, where the uh, water break is. And you can sit on a bench and the water comes crashing against the rocks. It's just a beautiful place. And I put on my headphones and I put on worship music and I began to journal. And I began to tell God everything I felt because I was angry and I was feeling a little bit disillusioned. And I began to tell God about my unmet expectations. And as I was complaining and whining and probably just a hot mess for anybody that was looking, all of a sudden this song came on in my earbuds. And it's this song where the chorus says, your praise will ever be on my lips. And the verse has the lines, faithful you have been and faithful you will be. And in that moment, I just stopped all of my whining and complaining. The tears were still flowing. I still felt the pain. But I remembered in that moment that faithful God has been and faithful he will continue to be. You see, I want to challenge you when you come up against a season of time where your experience is not meeting your expectations, one of the best things we can do is practice an attitude of gratitude. It's just to pause and go, okay, faithful you have been God, so faithful you will be. I have got to find the things that I can celebrate. Maybe it's simply the time that was spent with a loved one. When Carrie's dad passed away in April, he got to go home two weeks before, and he spent hours upon hours just sitting with his dad and talking with his dad. His dad recorded a video for my two girls so that from now until the rest of their life, they will have that memory. Maybe I could just be grateful for that moment. Maybe I could be grateful for the word of God because I clung to it for dear life. Maybe that's simply all it is. Isaiah 26, 3 says, I will keep you at perfect peace whose mind is fixed on you. And in all the times of anxiousness in my life and all the times where I felt fear creeping in and I felt unsettled because I don't know what's going to happen. I've clung to that verse for dear life and it's become so real to me. Maybe that's what we are grateful for. Maybe you could just be grateful that you were in the right place at the right time. Maybe for that cup of coffee that somebody bought for you. Maybe just for the air that you are breathing. I don't know. But there's always something to be grateful for. There's a great movie. I told First Service about this. It's your assignment to go and rent it this week. I actually don't know how you can find this. You're going to have to look it up. It's called Pollyanna. Anybody seen Pollyanna? Okay, this is, thank you. I saw that hand up there. Okay, Pollyanna is one of the greatest movies because this little girl plays a game that is called the glad game. And in every scenario and in every situation, she says, well, there must be something to be glad about. It's that really obnoxious kid that you don't like, right? And well, there must be something to be glad about. But she plays this game and I think it's something we can learn a lesson from. Practicing an attitude of gratitude. What can I be grateful for and thankful for in this season right now? When I'm struggling, when I'm feeling depressed, what can I be grateful for. Practice an attitude of gratitude. And recognize this. Your problem may actually become your provision. You see, the quote we base this series around is from C.S. Lewis, and it says this, we can ignore even pleasure, but pain insists on being attended to. God whispers to us in our pleasures, speaks in our conscience, but shouts in our pains. It's his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. You see, your struggle right now 
may become your story. Your struggle can become your story. And God can give purpose to your pain. You see, pain is like this microphone that's handed to us from God, where God says, you can take this now and you can help somebody else. Pain is a microphone. You see, I could never relate to grief until I experienced it firsthand. But do you know what? One of my good friends from high school, her dad, she lost her dad last Saturday. And I've been texting her and calling her and talking to her. And you know why? Because I can understand. I've been there. I've experienced the pain. Pain handed me a microphone and I chose to pick it up and to say, you know what? There's still hope, right? Because it's something that I've walked through. Your struggle can become your story. Last week, Pastor Kerry preached about Lazarus. And when Lazarus was sick, his sister sent to Jesus and said, you've got to come and help him. He's very sick. And Jesus could have gone at that very moment. He could have gone and healed Lazarus right there at that moment, but he didn't go right away. And when he got there, Lazarus had already died, but it set the stage for this miracle that people would talk about for years to come that we talk about from this platform today because Jesus spoke to Lazarus, called him out of the grave, and he was raised to life. And now we know because of the microphone of pain that God brings dead things to life. God brings dead things to life. The pain that you are walking through, the story that feels like the greatest struggle may be the very thing that God chooses to use inside of you to help someone else. It may be the very thing that God uses to paint the picture of your story. 2 Corinthians 1, 3 through 4 says this, Praise to be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort who comforts us in all of our troubles. Listen, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves received from God. You see, what you are walking through right now may feel like you can never get through it. You might be feeling a little bit hopeless, but I'm here today to tell you that there is hope. And on the other side of this pain is a story. And God wants to put a microphone in your hands and help you be the voice that brings hope to somebody else. God will give purpose to your pain. The struggle will become your story. Don't lose hope. You know, when our experience doesn't meet our expectation, the next thing we can do is surrender the illusion of control. Surrender the illusion of control. You see, faith is all about the journey. It's not about the destination. I learned this as I explored Hebrews chapter 11 in the Bible. It's called the faith chapter. And as I read the faith chapter about these great men and women of faith, I found out that every single one of them died without having received the promise. And I thought, that's not fair, God. That doesn't make sense. But they are known to be the great men and women of faith. Why? Because faith is not about the destination. It's about the journey. It's about how we take care of what's right here, right now in front of our face. It's about how we steward what's in our hands. We've got to surrender the illusion of control. You see, you can make the plan. You can work the plan, but you have to release the plan. You have to release the plan. Remember, in his heart, a man plans his course, but the Lord determines his steps. So make the plan. Work the plan, but release the plan. 
Remember, God is in control of your destination, and he's got bigger dreams for you than you have for yourself. Let me just tell you that. God's all about the journey. He's all about what he's doing in you right now in this moment. And when you feel the struggle, and you're feeling the devastation, and the anger's kicking in, and you're starting to become disillusioned, can you just remind yourself, God, you are in control. God, I surrender my illusion of control. I recognize, God, that you're going to do something with this even when I don't fully understand. Even when I don't fully understand. And finally, keep dreaming. Keep praying. And keep believing. You know, in the great movie, The Hunger Games, which the third one, part two of the third one, is about to be released. I'm excited about that. But in the great movie, The Hunger Games, President Snow gets up and he makes a statement. And the statement stuck with me, and I thought, you know, this actually applies to our life today. He said, the only thing greater than fear is hope. The only thing more powerful than fear is hope. Some of you need to hear that today. We sang a song in the beginning of service that said, I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. Why do we sing that song? Because when I know that I'm a child of God, when I know that he's a good father that wants to give good gifts to his children, when I know that he loves me, I don't have to be a slave to fear. Billy Graham, the great evangelist, referred to hope like this. He said, hope is like oxygen to the lungs. Hope is to our survival in this world. Like oxygen to the lungs, hope is to our survival in this world. Hope is essential. Hope. That's what this is all about. Give hope, right? We find hope through Jesus, and we use that to give hope to others. You know, I want to pause for just a moment because... It's important to know that our hope cannot be in our plans. My hope cannot be in my current circumstances. My hope has to be in my God. And maybe you're in this room, and maybe you're just struggling to know him. Maybe you're just struggling to know who is God. Maybe you walked in the doors of this church service because doubt has been plaguing your mind. And you thought, I just got to give it one last chance. And I believe God wants to meet you right where you are today. You know, God loved us so much that he wants to spend eternity with every one of us. And this life is not about this life. All the current pain and circumstances and struggles that we're walking through, at the end, they all fade away. And one day we have the opportunity to spend eternity with a God who loves us and created us. But maybe you're in this room and you really feel a separation from God. Maybe you've been angry at God. And then that anger has produced shame because you don't feel like you should be angry at God. But God can handle your anger. Hey, listen, God can handle your pain. 
He doesn't want us to stay there, but he can handle it right where you are today. And if you'll just give him a chance, he'll transform your life, not your circumstances, but your perception. And that changes things. Our feelings follow our focus. And God wants to shift our focus to who he is because he is our hope. And if you're in the room today and you don't know him, I want to give you an opportunity to. You know, Hebrews 6, 19 through 20 says, we have this hope as the anchor of our soul, firm and secure. It enters into the inner sanctuary behind the curtain where our forerunner Jesus has entered on our behalf. You see, God loved us so much that he sent his son Jesus to earth, to walk on this earth, to know pain like you and I know pain, to walk through this life and to ultimately give his life as a sacrifice from our sins. See, some of you in this room, you say, I, I feel this separation from God and that makes total sense to me because the Bible says that sin separates us from God. But God said, I've got a plan and it's greater than any plan that anybody could ever have. I'm going to send my son Jesus to pay the price for your sins. He's going to give his life as the sacrifice to close that gap, that separation that we feel from God. And maybe you're in the room today and you've been battling that separation. Maybe you've been plagued with anger or fear or doubt. I don't know where you are today. But can I ask you today, would you just give God a chance to be real in your life? You see, Jesus came and gave his life on that cross as the sacrifice for our sins to close the gap so that we can have a relationship with God. And the Bible says all we have to do is confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus is Lord, and then we will be saved. It's as simple as that. It's a free gift. You don't have to do anything but believe. And can I just challenge you today that if you're in this room and you're struggling with doubt and you're struggling with fear and you're questioning God, could you just give him an opportunity today? We're going to pray in just a moment. And I'm going to ask you, if you have never made a decision to surrender your life to Christ, would you allow today to be the first step? And maybe you're in this room and you've been running from God. Maybe you're angry. Maybe you're hurt. Maybe you're disillusioned with the whole idea of faith. Maybe you're disillusioned with the idea of church. But today, God's calling your name and tapping on your heart. And it's that little thing that you feel that you can't explain. And can I challenge you today that today's the day to come back, to renew your faith and your trust in who God is. And then he'll take it from there. Things won't get perfect, but they'll get good. So can I ask you, can we just pause for a moment? And can I ask everyone in this room to bow your heads and close your eyes? If you're here today and you've never made a decision to surrender your life to Christ, or maybe you've just been running in the opposite direction, discouraged and full of doubt, today's your opportunity. I'm going to pray this prayer. And I'm going to ask you in your own heart and in your own seat to pray this prayer with me. But mean it from the depth of your heart. 
And I'm going to ask you, if you're in this room, would you take that next step? As I pray, repeat this prayer in your own heart. Dear God, I know that I've sinned. I know that I've failed over and over again. But I believe that you gave your son Jesus to pay the sacrifice for my sins. And today, even though I'm full of fear, even though I'm struggling with doubt, God, would you help my unbelief? Today, I choose to surrender my life to you. Now, everybody in this room, in your own heart, say, Jesus, I give you my life. In Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer with us today, we are so excited to be a part of this journey with you. Please email us at info at theocmovement.com. And if you were not in the area, we would love to help you find another life-giving church near you. Please send us an email at info at theocmovement.com. Thank you again for listening to another inspiring message from the Movement Church.